0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process
1: in all genres. Welcome back to the House of Mystery on KKNW 11:50 AM Seattle and KCAA 106.5 FM Los Angeles. I'm your host Al Warren, and it's a, another. Critical Thinking Day, and so we have Dr. Joe Yusinski from the University of Miami here. How are you doing, Joe?
2: Very good. Great to be with you every Wednesday, Al. Um, it's a particularly exciting day to be talking about conspiracy theories and, and rational thinking, or lack thereof, um, <laughs> because right now um, there is a book about the QAnon conspiracy theory, um, anonymously written that has shot up the Amazon bestsellers list. And 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 I just want to start by reading um, what NBC has reported about this. Um, a book that pushes the conspiracy theory QAnon climbed within the top 75 of all books sold on Amazon in recent days, pushed by Amazon's algorithm. And the book is called QAnon, An Invitation to the Great Awakening, um, it has no stated author, and as of the other day, it was ranked as high as 56 of all books in the world sold on Amazon. Um, so we have a very good guest today who is quoted in this NBC article, and, and I'll just give you one, um, um, one quote from him. As conspiracy theory researcher Mike Rothschild told NBC News that an invitation to the Great Awakening, which is the book, is a new way for those pushing the QAnon conspiracy theory to make cash. Uh, Since recent changes to YouTube's algorithm have made it harder for the conspiracy theorists to find followers and make cash there. And what Rothschild said is they are exploiting the flaws in Amazon's algorithms they know that Q has a small but devu- devoted fan base, and is willing to spend money. So that's where we are right now. Um, so we have this book of completely made-up conspiracy stuff written by anonymous authors that is listed as an Amazon bestseller and being and is being promoted by their algorithms.
1: Well, that it it, it fills the 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 void that uh, they feel probably from the YouTube. Um, experience, because, you know, they're cutting so many of the um, right to monetize their their videos now. Yeah, and the
2: interesting thing, a lot of these books that are self-published and don't have, like, a named author, they'll sell for, like, a dollar or two dollars, but this one I saw, it was selling for $17. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's not, that's not uh, um, anything to scoff at,
1: so... No, no my books are eight to twelve bucks, usually, paperback, so... Um. <laughs> <laughs> I better add a few features to my latest books to help them yeah. sell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all, all
1: of us have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so now, uh, sitting with us is our guest, it's uh, uh, Mike Rothschilds. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Oh, nice to be here. Hey, so, Mike, you're not part of the Rothschilds, are you?
0: I am not part of the Rothschild family. Uh, I I get that accusation on Twitter quite a bit. And when I did used to respond to it, I would always say that if I were really a member of the family that supposedly controlled $500 trillion of wealth, would I really be arguing with anonymous people on Twitter? And they usually don't write
1: back after that. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, you'd be at some golf course in Florida.
0: I, I, yeah. I'd be living on my yacht off Saint-Tropez, and uh, I wouldn't know what any of this was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm part of the satanic cabal that's behind all of the big, deep state. And, of course, uh, Joe here is paid for by the CIA. Yes,
0: sure. I, so, you know, <laughs> nice nice to get all of us together again. And, I mean, the last time it got, got a little ugly. Uh, the, the human that we were hunting for sport almost got away, but, yeah. you know, we took care of it. <laughs>
1: So now you, you write quite a bit on thedailydot.com, don't you? Is that your, your site or something? Um, that's one of the sites that I regularly
0: contribute to. I also write on my own blog. I'm working on my own projects. I've got a book that I just finished
1: up, I'm working on some other things. So I'm sort of here, there, and everywhere. So QAnon, let's talk about that. Um, what, what are the yes. basic things people should know? I know in the West Coast, I'm surprised how many people ask me, what's that? So it's not, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's actually
0: popular. it's interesting. I live in uh, Pasadena, so just just north of Los Angeles, and I'm, I there's there's no footprint for it at all here. I've, I've never seen any merchandise for it, but you know, in, in some other parts of the country, it's actually very popular. And so the the basics of QAnon are that it's a conspiracy theory that posits that a an anonymous Trump administration insider is feeding coded messages containing information about an upcoming purge of the deep state to a small group of patriots on the message board 8chan. And that by using um, rhetorical questions and out-of-context pictures and sort of riddles and abbreviations and little codes that this person who is connected to military intelligence is letting people know what's about to happen without doing it in a way that's so obvious that they'll get shut down by the deep state. There's a whole bunch of other rabbit holes that you can go down, but that's the basic crux of QAnon is that there is an anonymous insider
1: passing coded information about an upcoming deep state purge. Wow. You know, um, for 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 me, I just get it telepathically, so I I don't need. to do
0: <laughs> Sure. Yeah, we well we do it by uh, carrier pigeon. I mean, no no electronic <laughs> footprint at all. It's uh, so it's there. Very safe.
2: So one way to describe QAnon, it's been called like a meta conspiracy theory, where it sort of ties together a lot of disparate conspiracy theory contentions. Like, what are some of those that are all wrapped up in this?
0: Yeah, I like to call QAnon a conspiracy theory of everything. It it wraps up, um, you know, certainly current politics, but there's also a sort of satanic panic element to it. You have this group of deep staters who are called pedophiles and accused of torturing children to obtain their adrenaline. And then you've also got weird numerology things and you've got historical things. It's a conspiracy theory that sort of posits that there's this never-ending battle between good and evil going on. So anything that happens anywhere is pulled into it. So if you get a really bad earthquake, if you get a train crash, if you get an outbreak of Ebola, all of that is sort of seen as another front in this endless battle. So it pulls everything in.
2: So, like, what are some of the wackier things that are tied into this? So, I've heard that, you know, some some of the Q believers think that JFK Jr. actually faked his death and is still alive, and he's coming back and working for Donald Trump. Um, I've heard yeah, that that, yes. that the satanic pedophiles are trying to collect children's blood and then eat it uh, for some magical yeah. power.
0: Right. Um yeah, I mean those are those are two of the, the wackier ones. Um the the JFK Jr. thing is really sort of the most I, I think that's the most bizarre one because it is it, it what it it posits that this extremely powerful and wealthy person would just spend twenty years hiding for no particular reason and then reemerge at these rallies and sort of hope to not get caught, but then hope also to be seen. I mean it doesn't It doesn't make any logical sense, but it demands an enormous amount of faith. And I think it's one of the signs that QAnon is also sort of subtly turning into almost a religion. And it's also very cult-like. So it's, it's this prosperity scam, but it's also got this religious connotation. It's got this cult connotation and this political connotation and this like Tom Clancy-esque military intrigue aspect to it i mean it's it's very it's all very bizarre when you put it all together and all of its component parts might make a tiny little bit of sense on their own but when you put it all together it's just it's just sort of a tornado of crazy
2: so one thing that i like in this too is like oliver stone's jfk because if you go back and watch that movie, which came out in the early '90s, it says that yeah. there was this deep state cabal, and some of them were were pedophiles, and everyone was in on the assassination of JFK. Right. Um, and it's a it's truly a battle between good and evil, and it's ongoing. Right. Um, and this is sort of the same thing. It's just just. You know, Q seems to be chasing a different audience. Is that they're they're really going after Trump supporters or people who are really alienated from the system?
0: Yeah, and what's interesting about the um, the, the QAnon that core group of QAnon acolytes is that you have a lot of baby boomers. It's not just um, sort of disaffected kids holed up in their rooms, you know, shielding themselves from mommy and daddy yelling at each other. You've got a lot of people who are in their sixties and maybe their kids have moved out. Maybe they're divorced. Maybe they had to retire earlier. They lost a the job and they're realizing that they don't have a lot of tangible real world connections. They don't have that community around them because that's such a big problem in the United States right now is the sort of the idea of community is really disappearing. So you have a lot of older people who have no real flesh and blood connections. And they go online and they go online and they find other people who are going through the same thing that they're going through, who have maybe had some real financial hits in the last 10 years. And they're seeing how well the the Dow is doing and how well the economy is doing, but they're not seeing any of it. So they're disaffected. They're isolated. They've probably lost some money and they're, they're, they're angry and they're lonely. And they find QAnon because it ties everything together. It gives them something to be angry at. It gives them something to work toward and it gives them a community of people who believe that, who believe the same thing that they do.
2: Hmm. So is it in that case, you know, you mentioned, is it a religion? Is it a cult? Um, do you think it's a cult? Is it, be, is it taking on that sort of devotion and, and are, are they becoming sort of more organized in, in, in their activities?
0: I think there are aspects of it that are very cultish. I think there is a fear of outsiders. I think there is a devotion to the leader. Um, What the leader wants in this case is a little bit different than you get with a lot of cults because a lot of cults is just about, you know, hoovering up money and access to women and power. And Q is not doing that on the surface, but there is a devotional level and a scorn of believers who are maybe a little bit on the fence. You get that a lot on the acute uh, social media, where anybody who expresses any doubt in the plan is called a shill. They're attacked with racist and anti-Semitic slurs. They're really uh, sort of isolated and mocked. I think exactly like you'd see in a cult. So I think, I, I hesitate to simply call it a cult, but it's very cult-like. So Which maybe that just means
2: it's called. Yeah. So in what way, like, how would you categorize the structure of of the group? So you have these anonymous people or this person um, who calls him or herself or themselves Q, and right. I guess they post on eight chan. Um, on eight chan, yeah. On eight chan. It and was four chan
0: and now it's eight chan.
2: Okay. And then you have people there who interact with with the Q poster. And then I yes. guess they they then share these messages out through different forms on either YouTube or Twitter or different web pages and right and they sort of yeah it, there's and is it the case that you sorry, have different people following like almost disciples yes yeah there, are, a, yeah there are there's
0: definitely a yeah there's two thought leaders there's there are really two disciples there's sort of there's two at the very top. And then Q will occasionally interact with other anonymous people on a by answering questions. And then sort of right below Q, I mean, I guess it's, it, you know, sort of say, you know, Jesus. And then the, the, you know, the four, you know, disciples, there's a group of um, QAnon sort of interpreters or they, they call themselves bakers who bake the crumbs that Q leaves behind and these are people, uh, if you spend any time in QAnon world, you start to see some familiar names. You'll see, um somebody who calls himself Praying Medic, you call, somebody who calls himself Serial Brain 2, uh, another guy who calls himself Joe M. There's maybe 8 to 10 of these really prominent people who just post endless Twitter threads and Long YouTube videos trying to decipher what the drops mean, and those people have very big followings. Um, some of the big QAnon YouTube channels have, you know, 250,000 subscribers. You know, who knows how many are real, but that number alone does demand respect. Wow. And then below that, you get just a huge horde of people. Um, mostly on Twitter, but then on some other social media sites too. Who um, who respond to the to the questions, who share things, and then if QAnon puts a tweet in one of the drops, you will you'll go to if you go to that tweet, you will see hundreds and hundreds or thousands even of replies from QAnon believers who say that Q sent them to that tweet. So you have a almost a very codified hierarchy. That's almost like a pyramid, you know, Q at the very top and the next layer of a really prominent acolyte. And then below that is just the sort of faceless mass of Anons who um, who really hang on every word.
2: Now, it's sort of interesting, this group, because it's not just that they have these views, but they sort of see themselves not as a cult, but they see themselves as a team that yeah. they're that they're together working together for something, to bring about this, I guess, what they call um, the Great Awakening. Like, what is this Great Awakening that they're looking for?
0: The Great Awakening at its heart is this moment where the battle between good and evil will culminate in um, President Trump, who was, of course, anointed by God and by the military leaders at the heart of Q. President Trump will give this order to unleash this massive wave of sealed indictments. You'll you'll see that term a lot with Q, that there's 60,000, 70,000, 80,000 sealed indictments, and that all these indictments are going to be unsealed, and that all of these deep state traitors and pedophiles are going to be snapped up, tried in field tribunals, and either sent to Guantanamo Bay or executed. And that the, the sort of happy and evil free world that we live in after that will have been awakened by the Great Awakening. So it, it's this sort of culmination in this very apocalyptic event.
2: So, is there two, it almost seems like there's two things going on here psychologically with the, with the adherents. And there's one, on the one hand, they have a really dark view of the world where you know the government is run by globalist satanists who drink the blood of children for magic powers um, but on the other hand it seems like some of these people are very hopeful because they see a positive outcome to all this and that that evil is going to be thwarted and and we'll have some great awakening where we have you know almost a nirvana on earth i mean is yeah. that i mean to me that seems sort of you don't see that normally, where you have those two things tied together so intimately.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it, it basically says that evil is reigning right now, and everything's awful. But if, if the Great Awakening is allowed to happen, then everything will be great afterwards. I mean, it, it's very much like a second coming in a lot of ways. You know, there's a very sort of millennialist end of the world aspect to it.
2: And okay, so yeah, it is. It's dark, and and why do you think baby boomers in particular? I mean, anyone can fall victim to conspiracy theories, but I mean, we we need to do more polling on this to really find out who 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 you know who's believing it and who isn't. But you know, oftentimes we think it's young people or whatnot, but it, it seems like there's a lot of evidence that old people, particularly on Facebook. Um, tend to fall victim to conspiracy theories and fake news, and perhaps because they didn't grow up with it, and they're not quite attuned to the to the information market. Um, are you finding that here? That you're finding just a lot of middle-aged people, or, or perhaps senior citizens, who are, who are getting into this and think it's it's all true?
0: Yeah, you really do. Um- for the, the QAnon believers on Twitter who use their real information, it's it's quite shocking how many are, you know, retired after 30 years, you know, grandmother of five, you know, life, you know, Republican for 50 years, stuff like that. And there is, there's some studies, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there's, there are studies that the age cohort most likely to fall for fake news and hoaxes on Facebook is that baby boomer age range. So they are they're not digital natives they are i don't want to call a whole swath of people naive but they're not as attuned to critical thinking on the internet as a lot of younger people are
2: because they didn't grow up with it
0: right they didn't grow up with it and yeah. they are generally more rooted in a time where if it was if that information presented to you was generally trustworthy and accurate
2: so let me present you with a real Situation. Um, So, I received an email from 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 a a, a dad, and he said that his son um, had become a QAnon uh, follower and had a YouTube channel, and he was concerned about the son because he he he, the son had gone to college, graduated, got a really good job, and then quit the job, quit the career, um, with the reason being that he was going to be needed because when the Great Awakening happened. Oh. He was going to have to be there to, to help people cope and understand oh. what was going on. And the dad wanted to know, you know, what should he be doing with the son? You, you know, um, you know, was there some sort of fix for this? And I'm, you know, I'm not that kind of doctor. So sure. I, did, I didn't I did know what to tell him. But I mean, in, in your experience, um, you know, following this, what would you say to a family that is, that's experiencing that?
0: Ooh, it's hard because, you know, I'm sure you know that there's, there's no acolyte like a recent convert. Mm. So they are probably <clears throat> my guess. And obviously don't, I don't know, but my guess is that they were radicalized on YouTube because that's become a huge problem. And whatever they're getting from QAnon is filling some kind of need in their life. So I guess, you know, I, honestly, I would take them to get professional help. I, mean, I would I would make it as as easy as possible for them to go to some kind of family therapy. Um, you know, the, for that person individually to see a psychotherapist. Um, get to the the sort of mental issues that are that are working here. Don't don't try to go toe to toe with them debunking the conspiracy. It's never going to work. They're just going to dig in harder. Um, let them know that you love them that that they are important to you and that they re- and that you recognize that this conspiracy theory is important to them but mm-hmm. but that that person is more important that that their child is more important to them and so they're not going to just abandon them they want to work through this together and you know i think the the thing not to do is get into the weeds about it because you'll never win that way. A conspiracy theorist always has something else they can pull out of their hat. You know that's that's just not the way to 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 get people out of this.
2: Yeah, I guess it's tough to talk people out of their beliefs. I mean, I, I've all you know, for the time that I've been studying conspiracy theories for about a, a decade. You know, there's all in the media. You have this idea sometimes that the people are you know mentally ill in some way. Right. And 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 that's not really the case because you know, most people believe in one conspiracy theory or another at one time or another and it's, you know, not a particularly bad thing. You have majorities believing in JFK conspiracy theories, sure. but they're not they're not sure. all mentally ill. No. Um, but I think when you get to some of these more extreme beliefs that are sort of all in it almost seems as if you know, perhaps there's there's really strong delusional thinking um, involved, um, or something like that, or maybe something else going on in their life. Um, you know, and it could be different for each person. Sure. But I don't know how you approach them and get them in, into therapy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 a tall order. But um, I think that's probably that would probably be the way to go is try to under try to find the underlying cause of why they're believing in this particular thing rather than going after the thing that they're believing in. Hmm. But yeah, Um, I think that, sorry, go ahead. Have you,
2: you know, you've been, you've been researching this for a while and you're quite prominent on, on Twitter uh, following the QAnon followers. Do you get attacked?
0: Oh, uh, relentlessly.
2: All the time. And, And what does some of that look like?
0: Um, well, it's probably nowhere near as bad as the average woman in the media gets on a on a daily basis. So I just you know I want to keep a little perspective here. But I get a lot of a lot of attacks on my last name, a lot of attacks on me being Jewish, um, you know I you know a lot of stuff about you know your family and human sacrifices and, and controlling the world and blah 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 blah. You know I get a lot of. A lot of just garbage memes spammed at me. I got um, somebody just sent me a bunch of really graphic abortion pictures. Um, that person, I managed to get banned from Twitter. So that you know, support actually helped me in that case. I've gotten a few Twitter death threats. Uh, you know, I've never gotten anybody showing up at my door. I've never gotten some like breathy phone call in the middle of the night. So it's It's been confined to um to the space where I take them on, but I'm also very careful like i don't I don't really talk about my personal life on twitter um, you know i'm not I don't do anything q related on facebook um so I, I try to keep everything as compartmentalized as I can, but yeah, I get a lot of a lot of harassment, a lot of threats and and most of it I just I just mute or block. You know, I don't, I don't argue with people. It's just not a, it's not a good use of my time.
2: Yeah. Last August, um, after some Q supporters went to a Donald Trump rally in Florida wearing their Q regalia, um, it sort of blew up in the news. And I think I was interviewed, you know, I couldn't even keep track maybe between 50 and a hundred times in one month, just about, about this Q stuff. And, yeah, um, some of the Q followers started to catch on, and they thought obviously I was part of it because I was being featured in the mainstream media quite a bit. Sure. sure, But some of them went through all my Twitter pictures and created a little collage to make the case that I was a t- Satanist. Right. And um, it had a picture of me wearing red socks, and red socks is the sign that you're a you're a pedivore. You eat children. Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: Because because if you eat children. You want people to to figure it out, yeah.
2: <laughs> and yeah, so they had a picture of that, and they had some other pictures like I had taken in like England and whatnot, and they put it together and i and I looked at it, and I said, "Wow, I guess it is sort of i guess if I saw this, you know it had some skulls, it had red socks, and <laughs> you know it, it, and I was like, oh my God, maybe I am some sort of you know uh satanic cult leader, <laughs>
0: right, um, yeah." yeah they did the same to me um when my my second child was born. We got some photos taken in in the backyard of my mother in law and um one of them I was using because they're really good pictures, and one I was using as my profile picture for a while and there's some just a little bit of weird glare on the in the, the back of one of the pictures, and a bunch of cute people were like that's a that's a, an ambulance he was or a police sirens he was about to be taken away for eating children and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some glare on a window, man. Not not everything is a thing.
2: And have have you been, so so have you been accused of being a pedivore? So just to explain what pedivore is, that's, you're not molesting the children, you're actually cooking them. And I think right. you, you cook them up in gold foil, then you eat the children, and it gives you magic powers I, that keep you I, young.
0: I, I guess, I you know, that's the beauty of making things up, is that they can be anything you want them to be. Uh, oh yeah, I'm called a pedophile and pedivore and and just you know all that stuff and 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 it just I try to consider the source with most of this. I mean, a lot of these people are clearly damaged and are clearly having some some real problems, and that's absolutely not to excuse their behavior because their behavior is not excusable. But I, I look at their lives and I think just how how. How little do you have to look forward to that this is how you spend your time? And I and I just I I try not to take it personally. I'm sure you're the same way. Um yeah, just I just try to consider where it's coming from and that it's kind of the 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 cost of poking these hornets' nests is that the hornets will go after you.
1: Well, I, I don't know. That's that's my favorite type of pizza, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, now you, you talk talking on the daily dot about um, North Korea and a conspiracy around the meeting between Trump and uh, Kim Jong Un? Yes.
0: The, yeah, it? that whole yeah that whole thing was um, right around the time that that he that Trump went on the first summit. Uh, is August, I guess, is uh, Q posted some really cryptic thing about um, thank you Kim deal made, and a lot of the Q acolytes are like, oh my God, they've made a secret deal, and all this whole summit is just for show, and they, there's a plan, and and North Korea has been freed from its its uh, control by the CIA, and now it can be free. To be, you know, a first world country and and join us in paradise. It's like, yeah, in the meantime, Kim Jong Un is still executing his family members and, you know, threatening fire and fury on the world. But then as part of that, there was a conspiracy theory that there was an attempted assassination on Trump from a missile fired by a submarine, which used a picture that was taken by a webcam looking out over Puget Sound. That was clearly a, a time lapse shot of uh, a searchlight from a helicopter and said that this was a missile fired by a submarine at Donald Trump. And then it was shot down by special F-16s. I mean, it's, it's just pure Tom Clancy stuff, but then they still talk about this. You know, the deep state tried to take him out via submarine once and then they find, um, they find some picture of a submarine and pretend that that's the one that, that fired at him. I mean, it just gets so, uh, it, it just gets so detailed in its gibberish. And none of the QAnon believers go back and say, well, there's actually no reason at all why Trump and Kim would keep a deal secret. Um, you'd think that this is actually something they would sort of shout to the high heavens. And then there's, no evidence that there was any missile fired, and no no real plausible way to assassinate somebody who's thousands of miles away with a submarine-fired missile that doesn't that doesn't even work. And then there's no reason why there would be a second summit if the, if there's already a deal, and the deep state had already kind of shoot down Trump once on his way to the first summit, which was fake because there was a deal. Why have a second summit and put yourself at risk of being assassinated again? It just, it, none of it, when you try to connect it together, it falls apart so quickly that you have to wonder how many of the Q people actually understand that this doesn't make any sense and it has, and it's not plausible at all and are just kind of going for the ride because it's interesting. You know, it, it really, because if you try to break it down factually, it just, it just collapses immediately.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, it's strange. People don't recognize that, but I get uh, no. a feeling that there's a real religious el- element to, to this.
0: Yeah, there is. There's an ele- There's a real religious element. There's also a very participatory element to it. Um, QAnon always encourages followers to make internet memes and spread them around and try to wake people up. So it it allows believers to feel like they're part of the fight. Which is powerful. You know, that, that's a powerful notion to, to, to make people think that they are fighting evil. You know, we, everybody wants to fight evil. And if you can do it in the comfort of your own home by, you know, making frog memes and posting them on Facebook, well, hey, you know, that's safer for you.
2: Does a lot of this come back to um, anti Semitism? <coughs> Because I, I one theory about conspiracy theories is that eventually, if you follow these things down to the bottom, no matter how wacky they are, eventually you trope like uh, with David Icke's uh, reptilian elite theory, where he argues that you know the world's leaders are all really shape-shifting lizard people. Right, who
0: drink um, you, blood, just like the old Jewish stereotype.
2: Yeah, you dig down into that, and eventually you find some form of anti-Semitism. Is is that here in QAnon, or, or is it sort of is this appealing to people on the right who are evangelical and they and they they like the Jews because you're all going to go to heaven together and in in the end, and they're they're the God's chosen people. Is is, is that you know what kind of right wing people are we dealing with?
0: You get you're dealing with the empty semites um, and the 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 tell for that is is the obsession with George Soros. Okay. Um, yeah, Q Q is as far as I know, uh, I haven't memorized all the Q drops. Believe it or not, um, has never directly attacked Jews, but he's gone after Soros quite a bit, and the globalists. And anytime you see globalists, it means Jews. Anytime you see Foreign bankers. It means Jews. They're, they're code words, but they're code yeah. words that the people who need who they're meant for will understand them. Um, what you the where you'll find the anti-Semitism really is QAnon social media. Um, it wasn't as much on the big QAnon Reddit thread, but that got banned in uh, in September, I think September or October. You'll see it all over some of the other social media sites like Vote and Gab just wall-to-wall anti-semitism. So does this create um, yeah. a,
2: a weird juxtaposition? Because on the one hand, you have this you know, a very strong support for Israel and the Republican Party. Um, a lot of evangelicals have very strong support for Israel and for the, for the Jewish people, but at the same time, there's this sort of weird, veiled anti-semitism that runs through some of the conspiracy thinking.
0: Yeah. there's um there's a lot of blame for of of Jews. I mean, basically, you know, Jewish media, Jewish money, uh, Jewish entertainment, it's all sort of seen as, as tentacles of this big Jewish octopus. And I think with a lot of evangelicals, they the anti Semitism is a little more veiled. I think there's almost like a, a pity for Jews. I mean you'll you'll get some comments like I remember and Coulter talking about how, you know, the Jews just needed to be perfected and, and it, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's a little more sideways and a little more subtle, but the reason that, that evangelical Christians care about Israel is because they think that Israel is where the end of the world is going to start. So it needs to be in Christian hands. I mean, it has nothing to do with support for the Jewish people. It's about we need a place to start our apocalypse. And with the Q believers, it's, it's just Jews control everything. So there's no subtlety to it at all.
2: So what can we do about this? So there's been you know, an interesting scenario uh, besides the QAnon book, which is shooting up the Amazon charts. Mm-hmm. Um, it was discovered, um, I think, two weeks ago that one of the pastry chefs who works at um, one of the Trump hotels... And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's at Mar-a-Laga, Mar-a-Lago it in Florida. It is Mar-a-Lago, yeah. Um, is a Q believer. And on her Twitter account, I guess she has pictures of pastries she made, um, you know, in the shape of cues and whatnot. Um, and this became sort of a big deal on social media. And there was some debate about how should we handle this? Um, should, is, this is this somebody that we should expose? Um, is it important that, she's, that she works for Trump? Does that make it news? And, and I guess more generally, what should be done about people who advocate this conspiracy theory, if anything?
0: Uh, in, the, in the specific case of the pastry chef, and I, I was one of the people who wrote about it, I think that the, the, the thing that really worried me about this is that this is somebody who works at what the president himself has called the Winter White House. You know, he he really thinks mm-hmm. of Mar-a-Lago as this sort of secondary base of operation. and because the Trump administration has seen the erasing of the line between business and politics, mm-hmm. everything is is totally mingled. So this is this isn't just somebody who works at a business that the president owns. This is this is an employee of the president who doesn't work at the White House. So we don't really know anything about this person. We don't know you know, psychologically how stable she is, what, what her past is. And it wouldn't matter except she's working at a place where foreign dignitaries and high level donors are routinely getting access to the president and to the president's family. And she posted some picture of a cake that she made that had a little Q symbol on it that later Donald Trump Jr. was holding. And you just, you just don't know who she's talking to and what she's saying and, and, and whose ear she's getting into. And I, and I think, you know, ordinarily I don't think we want to out people who believe this because I don't think it's any of our business, but she outed herself. Her posts were public, she wa- mm. and she used QAnon hashtags. She wanted this to be seen, and it was seen. And I think that if you, if you want to be an out and proud QAnon believer, I don't think you should be in the same room as the president of the United States. Because QAnon is not just a harmless little conspiracy theory. It's it's a fascist fantasy that has already inspired crimes. Um, I think that there's a real safety element there
2: to it. Um, so, should, so I guess on the issue with the president, I guess it doesn't bother me that she's in the room with the president, unless she's dangerous, in which case she should be vetted by the Secret Service. But I mean, right. I see Trump as a hardcore conspiracy theorist to begin with. Whether he believes what he says or not, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I, I think he just tries to manipulate people with his ideas. But, I mean, he's, he's pushed ideas like Ted Cruz's dad killed JFK. So he's sort sure, of sure. already pushing this crazy conspiracy worldview. Um, yeah. I don't think Trump's ideas can get any worse on the conspiracy theory scale. <laughs> Um,
0: I I think that the the danger is very particular here. If Trump mentioned QAnon um, positively, he's never mentioned it. He's never made a reference to it. Uh, all the supposed um, little references he's made make Q believers think are just are just in their heads. But he, he's never spoken of it. But if he did, I think it would give the movement a real jolt, and I think it would almost validate it in some way. And so I think. It's a very particular case with this particular president and this particular conspiracy theory that makes anyone around it espousing it, anyone around him espousing belief for QAnon makes it that much more dangerous. I think in general, you know, if you believe it, whatever, that's fine as long as you don't hurt anybody. But I think this particular case is a little bit different.
2: Yeah, I get worried when the idea is, okay, we're going to out people who have this sort of idea and we're going to, you know, I, because it's one thing where somebody has a Twitter account where they have, you know, a thousand followers or a couple hundred followers. It's another thing when you put it into the mainstream media and yeah. get thousands and thousands and thousands of people looking at, it. I mean, is the goal of exposing you know, perhaps this pastry chef and maybe other people like her, is it to get them fired? Is it to get to shine a spotlight on it? Is it to get them to change their mind? Or or just to warn the people around them? Because I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here, is there I guess if we're looking at solutions for QAnon, how can we have people be more skeptical of stuff they find online? How can people have better beliefs? You know, is the idea to expose everyone with a wrong belief to humiliate them, or is it to, to educate in some other way? And, and, and what are the right kinds of hands that we use to do that? Are they gentle hands? Are we forceful? You, you know, um, Are we chastising people?
0: Yeah, I think these are all big questions, and they're, they're questions that we deal with constantly because of the pervasiveness of Internet conspiracies. Um, I think generally the idea of public shaming probably doesn't work as a way of sort of making people leave beliefs behind. I think just in this particular case, this, this pastry chef, the context is what made it newsworthy. I think even if she worked at another Trump property, I don't think it would matter. You know, if she okay. worked at the Trump Tower in Chicago, I, I don't think it's, it doesn't matter. It's not news. Um, and then it is, it is um, a vindictive attack on, on people's beliefs. But I think this particular case, makes it newsworthy because of where it is and who's involved. Um, and and But I think in general, that kind of exposing people and going after them, I think it only will make people dig in deeper.
2: Because I think in some I ways, know, yeah, I mean, if you go after a pastry chef, and let's say the pastry chef gets fired or something, I mean, what does that do for her? I mean, it potentially makes her much worse off. And Right you know, and if we did that as a general policy, that'd be particularly dangerous. And I don't think we want to be in a world where we individual people.
0: No, no, I, I don't think so either. And I, I think, um, you know, g- exposing random Q believers. I, I, I don't think that's a good use of anybody's time. That's not helpful. Um, but I think, and I, and I don't, you know, I know the story's somewhat calmed down and then, and I'm not sure what ended up happening with her, but I don't think she should be fired. Um, yeah, I don't think that's right, and I don't. I don't want to live in a country where we just start firing people for religious beliefs because that that doesn't that ends really badly. But I think that there is. um, I I think people need to know that this is not just some kooky internet thing, and that there is danger associated with it, and um, and it and it can be a, a, a physical danger. I mean, we've seen crimes committed by QAnon believers. And I, I, I think it's also, it points to this, this weird mixing of business and politics that is unique to the Trump universe. You know, I don't, I don't even know were, were Mar-a-Lago employees vetted by the Secret Service after Trump won. I mean, did, I, who, does anybody know that? You know, the, you know, we don't really know who these people are. We don't know who's getting access the president. And I think that's almost the bigger issue
1: mm-hmm. is
0: this this merging of business and politics that's become so common with Mar-a-Lago and with the Trump Hotel in D.C. where you have you know governments and foreign dignitaries and big companies spending huge amounts of money at the Trump Hotel. We don't know where that money is going. We don't know what it's buying them. There's no transparency. Mm-hmm. We don't. And for Trump, Trump organization employees, we don't know who these people are. We don't know what they've done. The standards that they need to live up to, I think, are much higher being around the president than they are just working for Donald Trump businessman. You yeah. know, he can hire whoever he wants to, but if you're working now for the president, there, there needs to be a standard. And mm. we need to know that this person is not dangerous.
2: Mm. I get concerned too, and and I'll go back to that that father who contacted me some time ago about a son who had become a Q acolyte, and yeah. it, it, you know there's going to be a a, co- a social cost for that person. I mean their their views are all over YouTube. They're making videos, trying to build a channel, and it's like how are yeah. they going to get a job at some point? You know, who's, go- yeah. you know, are, is there going to, are they going to have trouble getting hired? You know, if, if, uh, right. if, you know, who's ever in HR looks at, you know, their their social media posts and says, oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, if you, you know, if I'm looking to hire somebody and I look at their YouTube channel and they're talking about Hillary Clinton eating babies, I'm going, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's that's not, that's not something I want any part of.
1: Do, do we need to worry about this group turning into something like a, um like a cult like Waco or something?
0: I think we do. I think that the, um, the biggest reason that I'm spending a lot of time writing about QAnon is not to debunk it because I don't, I think it kind of debunks itself, but I want it, I want it out there and I want a record that I, that somebody was saying that this is dangerous. Because I think that you can only tell people for so long that there's a satanic cabal in charge of entertainment, politics, and government before someone decides to do something about it. And one of the big problems that Hugh has is he makes a lot of predictions that don't come true and a lot of uh, promises that something big is about to happen and then it never happens. And hey, there's Hillary Clinton still free and still eating babies. Someone's gonna decide that enough is enough and that they're not gonna wait for Q. And they're, and they're gonna, <clears throat> and they're gonna take action. And that's, that's really what scares me. I really, um, when the, uh, the pipe bombing was going on, the, uh, the, the MAGA bomber, I really thought that that was a Q person. Because I went through the, uh, people who'd received pipe bombs and matched them up, <clears throat> excuse me, match them up with uh, how many times Q had mentioned them and every single one had gotten multiple mentions by Q and I. And I'm thinking this person's just going down the line. And it mm. turns out that they, they had their own really bizarre, um, subculture that they belonged to. And the guy was a fake native American and, and really just totally off his rocker. And it never, I don't think it ever mentioned Q, but I, I think that we're coming to the point where somebody is going to try to start the great awakening themselves. Mm. And I think it has to be taken seriously. I think it has to be watched. It's not just about ridicule. It's not just about mocking. It is, it is, um, forecasting and it's Mm. it's telling people pay attention to this. This is important. This could get really bad.
1: Mm. Wow. Well, it gives us something to think about. Um, yeah, on that happy note. <laughs> yeah, on that happy note, and we're, we're, we're coming to a close. So, so Mike, give us some um, of your contact information or places where people can read or find you.
0: Sure. I'm on Twitter at Rothschild RothschildMD. That's R-O-T-H-S-C-H-I-L-D-M-D. Uh, I'm not a doctor. Those are just my initials. And then uh, you can read me online. I write a lot for the Daily Docs. And you can also go to my website, which
1: is com. Well, Michael, thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. We feel, we feel much better informed now. And uh, and uh, we ha- we'll keep an eye out for any sort of thing going on with q and Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. It was great to do this. All right. Thank you.
0: Okay. Sure.
2: prepared
1: legacy food storage the best way to protect your family is by being prepared go now to legacyfoodstorage.com use coupon code HOM15 now for 15% off quick go
2: to find out more about our show guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
1: Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.
0: I'll be back.